Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic now, the moment that you listen to this. Sherman here, the crazy Asian. Today's segment's on being a leader and listening to those that report to you. And so this comes up because I got some feedback um, the other day and I wanted to be able to come from the context that I think a lot of people um, as a leader, they think that they, uh, because maybe they're in that role of manager, they stop listening to those that they work with. Um, and maybe they at, one, at once or one point appear, um, or these are newer individuals to an organization. And what happens is, is by not listening to these individuals, you're doing a couple things that are gonna be negatively impacting. So number one, if you're not enlisted, eliciting advice or you know wanting the opinions of others that report directly to you, you're gonna give this impression that you actually don't care about what they have to say, that you don't care about their perspective or their opinion, and they can feel railroaded in that relationship. The other thing that it does in a negative way is that it, uh, it, it prevents you from hearing the good ideas and the bad ideas of what your team is thinking. So the good ideas obviously are, are, are pretty obvious to most people, obviously, hey, that we, we should be doing it that way instead of this way. The bad ideas, the reason why it's a good learning tool for you is that it's a great teaching opportunity for you as a leader. And so you actually, you need people to come up with um, not good suggestions in order for you to know what they're missing, what they're lacking. So as you engage with people, if you realize um, and you recognize that they don't have a good communication um, when it comes to um, you know the speediness of seeing an issue, then you need to address their level of communication and ultimately, do they feel comfortable in a space that they can actually say something? Because that ultimately is the problem of some organizations. Um, they found this in the automotive industry, what made um, the um, Japanese cars back in the 70s and early 80s to be far more dominant in their level of quality versus the American uh, model. And one of the biggest ones was that everyone in that assembly line process had a voice. And so it, the moment that you saw that there was an issue, the, the assembly line literally would stop and they would address that problem. Instead, over um, at the American plants at the time, what, the, what would happen is they just focus on getting their task done and then moving it down the line. So even if they saw a problem, they waited until it was, it was off the line and the car then had to have a lot of adjustments made. And so that was what was weird is that um, here you had a very similar process when it came to the assembly line process of building a car, but yet the um, everyday employee, the average employee even knew could speak up and have their voice being heard and that was uh, them that allowed them then to create a more efficient vehicle and that translates still to today where if a leader sometimes there's this ego that's involved where they want to be seen as the smartest person in the room and unfortunately the only time that that's true is maybe if you're a, um, a teacher because that's the context of that, is that you're there to teach students, where in other settings, it doesn't give you any value, especially in the business context. If you're the smartest person in the room, you need to get yourself into a different room, or you need to be hiring different people 
Um, sometimes these leaders that want to be seen as the smartest person in the room are really shooting themselves in the foot because they, they, they then have this attitude that everybody else's opinion is not of value. And so what you'll find is that you might have a lot of employees that agree with you right now with how you're doing things and, and they're giving you kind of this yes attitude, but what you're going to find over time is that people are going to start fleeing away from you because you don't appreciate their opinion. One, you might not even ask for it, which again is the problem. And number two is that if they do give it, you never listen, and I'll use that word, never listen to their opinion. And so these, empl these employees or these other people, your peers, feel completely railroaded. So let me tell you how to take critical feedback. All right, so how do I as a leader receive critical feedback? The first thing is that although I want to be able to quickly correct someone, when their opinion's totally off base, they don't understand the context, um, and I might even want to just, you know, jokingly play off what they said. Um, and, and I chuckle because this, this happens so often. And um, I need to bite my tongue, and I need to listen because I need to understand that their context, their intent of giving me this critical feedback is extremely vulnerable for them. So me as the leader, me as the manager, if, um, if I don't properly respect their opinion, they're not going to give it again. And that's exactly what I don't want in the organization. I want them to feel like it's a safe place to give their thoughts, um, even if they're a little bit out there, right? They're totally outside that box, you know, of, of let's say, for example, um, I'm running a uh, manufacturing business and one of the employees comes and tells me that we should have like a Facebook group page. I don't want to completely laugh that off or like or like a Snapchat, right? And when they're and they're thinking that we should be, you know, investing some time and attention um, and learning in in Snapchat. And so um, where I think this en ends up going for me is as a leader is number one is I want to create an open space and almost um, you know you, you you hear these sometimes these open door policies where it's completely appropriate and encouraged for the everyday employee to be able to talk to anyone in an organization from the CEO down to basically the the, the first manager in an organization and that is is it was is only exists when the culture is you're either rewarded for speaking up and um, your your opinions are actually heard so when in order to create that open door policy when someone comes to you and you need to then train all the managers all those with leadership um, responsibilities to be able to say to every every one of them, they have to allow the person to get it all out there, to either write it all out in the email, to get it all out before you decide to poo-poo it, and to give it some actual thought. Now, again, let's go to this example. I'm um, you know I'm a, I'm a I'm a business owner. I have you know 15 employees, and one of them comes to me and says. That they, they've been talking to someone that runs a social media business and they think that we should have a presence online. 
And ultimately, we sell to business to business. We don't even have um, actual customers, right? So the average person doesn't buy it. We end up selling to hardware stores. So for us, social media doesn't make any sense, um, or at least that's my thought, okay? And so this person um, comes in and they tell me this. And, so I, and I, so I tell them, I stop what I'm doing and I say, okay, well, sit down. Tell me a little bit more why you think that we should have that. And then they start giving me their reasons. And, and, then they, and they, I don't want to stop them because sometimes what happens with leaders is, okay, I'll listen to you. Go, oh, let me stop you right there. This is why we don't do it. And so they don't actually allow that person the opportunity to get their, their, their opinion out there. And the hard thing with this, when you have an open door policy and, and employees feel comfortable, then they will tell you what you're doing wrong. And you have to have thick skin. If you don't have thick skin, you might go home crying in your car. So you want your employees to tell you when you've made a mistake, when you kind of messed it up a little bit, because that's gonna allow you to become better as a leader. And when you start valuing their opinion, they feel appreciated. And so I view critical feedback as purely the Cinderella method. If the shoe fits, I'm gonna wear it. And I remember that the intent of this, um, this employee is to tell me how I can improve. So an employee tells me, hey, you're not very good at the details. That is true. That's why I need you. So understand that you need to listen. And it's through actually listening to what people are saying and not just blowing them off. So. Again, when I, think, when I think about listening or use that word, I'm saying use those other senses besides your ears. Use your eyes to observe the nonverbal body language that they, they are saying. Um, understand, again, where they're coming from. And actually for an employee to tell you, the leader or the owner, their thought, this makes them extremely nervous and can fill them up with a little bit of anxiety, not to the point that they need to go to see a specialist, but to the point that by them coming out and telling you, hey, I think we might wanna have a look at this, they are actually putting a little part of themselves out there by sharing with you their thoughts. And so you wanna treat it with respect. And I, I think for a lot of people, they end up wanting to be efficient with their relationships instead of effective. Efficiency to me means like there's a process or there's a, a way to communicate with people. And, and there is, but it's not formulaic. You can't say, hey, let's be best friends in two minutes. Go, tell me your story. Or I want you to be vulnerable with me Go, give me your darkest secrets. For most people, they're guarded, even in a business setting. They wanna be able to know that their opinion, their, 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 their words are gonna fall upon open-minded individuals. And if they tell you that ultimately their goal is to have your job, they don't wanna be laughed out the room. They don't wanna be talked to um, and they don't want to be insulted. And so by being able to 
have the right understanding of what they should be doing um, and where to go from a communication perspective. They know who to talk to, who to address, um, and they know that their voice is going to be heard, then it allows the culture to exist where they can give you some of this critical feedback that you need to hear as a leader in order for your organization to be stronger and to be better and more um, more powerful in, 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 in the industry that it's serving. So by being able to truly listen to what someone's saying and allow them to finish their thought, sometimes it's helpful to say, is there anything else on your mind? And again, to, to maybe even walk behind the, from behind the desk, sit, sit across from them, not directly, because that could be a little bit um, conflict body language, but maybe at a, you know, kind of an angle to them and being completely open, right? Having your, uh, your arms to the side, not crossing your legs and just being open, that body language gives to them that, that, that it is open. And then you have the opportunity to train this person on exactly, number one, how to be a leader, how to take effective uh, feedback by, by example. And then you're also able to show to them a little bit about maybe the inner workings of the business. So some of that comes to me in this example, right? So I'm a business owner um, that runs a manufacturing firm, small company, 15 employees. Someone comes and says, hey, we should really have a look at the social media thing. And we're completely business to business. Nobody knows, you know, outside of the industry of who we are. And so I tell them, you know, and, and I ask them why, and they start giving me some different ideas. Um, so as they give me different ideas, what I end up saying to them is, I appreciate where you're coming from. Who are you talking to? And I, I, th I think that, you know, based on what we're doing marketing-wise right now, this is where I spend the money from an advertising perspective. You know, we do sponsorships to some, you know, um, local organizations, to some local runs. And the reason why we do that is because we want to participate where our other main businesses are also participating. So for us going to trade shows, we end up getting, by us spending, let's say, $1,000 at the local trade show, we end up getting $50,000 worth of business. So for us, it's a five times return on our investment over the following year. So I tell that, you know, so I, so I really, really like your thought process. You know, I don't mind talking to your friend, but this is kind of our, where we spend our money. So that really becomes a teaching opportunity. Sherm's out. Hey, Sherm. This is Michael Conway of the Illuminarch of Illuminarch Podcast Radio. And I want to say to you that good morning, my friend. Anyway, <clears throat> to your subject about leaders, I I've kind of learned to, over time, very long time. Now, I can't shut up on a normal day. But when it comes to throwing opinions around, I I usually like to be the last to speak because I don't want to influence it. I don't want to nod. I don't want to shake my head. <clears throat> I just want tear without judgment. That way, um, that way I can know the minds of every person in the room, and that that works for me. But hey. Anyway, you know, today has been brought to you by Waffles, the sexy pancake. Michael Conway, Sherman here, the crazy Asian. Thank you so much for your call in. I appreciate your thoughts there, and I love that phrase of 
speaking last. And I think some of your strongest um, listeners, especially that are leaders, have the ability to bite their tongue and to speak last, especially in those group settings where you might be sitting on a conference table and you're going around saying, okay, here's some of the issues that we're dealing with right now, go, and then allow each person to give their thoughts, give their opinions, why they wanna give those opinions, and allow each people to go, each person to kinda of go around, and then finally, when it comes to your turn to speak, you can actually have a much more effective conversation because you just heard every single person's opinions, the pros and cons, and what you can do is speak in a smaller amount of time because you're referencing what everybody else already talked about. And so you're doing a couple things there. Number one is that you're allowing everyone else to have their voice be heard. And then the other thing that you're allowing then is for them to feel validated in their opinions because they were shared uninterrupted, um, unbiasedly, and also then you're able to then reiterate where you feel someone might be totally on the right thought process, the right train of mind, the right, the right, the right, the right uh, train of thoughts, and you can validate those people that have a similar opinion that you do. At the same time, you're not alienating those that had a different opinion because you already listened to their opinion. And as long as there's a good culture of communication, then they shouldn't be offended or even put off that you disagreed with their perspective. A lot of times people will say they're open-minded, but what it basically means is, I'm not open-minded, I care about my opinion, but I'll allow you, allow you to say something, but then what I'm going to do is try to persuade you to see it in my view. So the problem of that is you're not open-minded. You're only just allowing that other person to talk, and oh, by the way, you're just allowing them to talk in order for you to wait until you're gonna say what you wanna say. So not actually listening, you're just waiting to talk. That to me is not effective communication. Really appreciate your calling. Thanks Mike Conway. Sherman's out. I mean, Michael Conway. Sherman's out.